Welcome to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and streaming live to CHD TV. So glad you could be with us on this Friday afternoon uh, leading to the 4th of July weekend holiday. Monday is, is going to be the 4th. And I don't know about all of you listeners out there, but for me, um, the 4th of July the past few years has been so um, meaningful to me and, and very powerful. When, when I see the fireworks and hear the national anthem played, I, I tell you, I get the chills anymore um, because for the first time in my life, I truly understand um, what it means to, to be an American, to live in the land of the free, um, and to owe so much to the brave and to realize that each of us is often called upon now to step up and be the brave, to be the voice, to protect freedom. Uh, freedom is not free. We have to work for it. We have to work to maintain it. Um, in this hour, we've got uh, Dr. Javier Figueroa is back with us. It's been Hello. a little while. Hi. <laughs> He's he generously is coming to us from work, delaying his his trip home so he could join us today. And it's I'm so glad that you've done that. We appreciate it. We've missed you. I've missed being on the show as well. Yeah. So uh, how's everything going with you? Uh, anything new to report in your life? Nothing. We made the transition out of Seattle into Boise. Uh, that was uh, an epic move. Uh, yeah. It's amazing how much you can accumulate in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were the same way 30 years in our house and, and it was an awful lot to move. And um, you're, I sounds like you're going to be a lot like me in, in Idaho, the way I am in Tennessee, where we are not forgetting our loved ones in Washington state. Nope. We're keeping the, the mission for freedom alive and well, and exactly. the information, um, even as in our new home state. <laughs> Uh, we get to work. And I, I'm going to be looking forward to hearing from you as be, you begin to get to know how things work in Idaho, at the Idaho legislature and, and the universities there. What sort of uh, open letters you'll be writing to those individuals there? <laughs> I, I plan to be more actively involved with uh, uh, county, city and uh, state uh, uh, programs. And uh, by the way, congratulations on uh, that fantastic uh, Senate bill that got passed on over-the-counter ivermectin. Uh, Thank you. Nicely done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nicely done with <laughs> Senator Nicely and Representative Lynn. And I tell you, I had yes. a, you know, a very memorable birthday this, this past Monday, my last year in my 50s. Um, <laughs> I The dear Senator Nicely, who's just a hoot. I just adore the man. He's just such, he's been such a great asset to the state of Tennessee. And I'm so lucky that you know, when I moved here, here I've got one of the most highly respected, amazing um, senators, 75 years young. Um, and then Representative Lynn, she sponsored the House uh, bill. But they came to my own new county, Hawkins County Constitutional Sanctuary. And um, they formally presented me with, um, with something that 
kind of shocked me when it first appeared. I, I learned about it a while ago. It was a resolution just kind of thanking me for my activism and helping get the ivermectin bill passed. I, you know, I was lucky enough that I was in a position that, you know, I had contact information. I, I knew um, or, or know Dr. Paul Merrick and Dr. Pierre Corey and, um, and others who came to Tennessee um, right. to educate legislators. Um, and I hope you find that in, uh, in Idaho, like in Tennessee, because it, it's smaller and there's, there, it's just kind of amazing where you get people who really respect freedom, even if they disagree with your stance, if they respect medical freedom and informed consent, how you can get some progress made. Um, it was pretty amazing. So yeah, so uh, so that happened to be my birthday, the day they came on out and presented me that to the at the county commission. And so we had them over for a barbecue and it was it was a pretty amazing day. Uh, That's awesome, absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, you know we're we're going to have uh, Dr. Uh, Henry Ely, Dr. H, up this hour. We're still kind of waiting for him to pop into the studio. So before we do that, while we're waiting, I'm going to go ahead. You know we we lost yesterday um, a dear warrior for medical freedom informed consent. Um, Dr. Zelenko passed away after a four-year battle with cancer yesterday. And um, I posted on our website a, uh, a little tribute to him, just a, a video that, um, that he put together about a month ago, knowing that, you know, his time was coming. And so I just want to share that with everybody here. Uh, let me... Let me know if you don't hear it when it begins to play this sound. I just came from my doctors and uh, not good news. My uh, cancer, which I've been fighting for four years, has uh, progressed. There's one last ditch uh, effort that may lead to cure, which I'm gonna do. But if that fails, then Estimates are unpleasant, but I've been at this place multiple times in the last few years. And so when someone lives with that consciousness, something happens. It's something very good happens. You kind of live each day uh, and you appreciate time. And in reality, just think of it philosophically. You begin to die from the day you're born. No one lives forever. Some people live 20 years, some people live 100 years. But in the grand scheme of creation, it's finer. So in my opinion, it's not important when and how you die. It's much more important how you live. And so, because when and how you die is not in your control. But how you live is in your control. How you think, how you speak, and how you act, it's within the free will and volition of man. So my advice to people is appreciate the gift of consciousness in life you're being given. Happy birthday, because every instant of time is a re act of recreation. It's a dynamic involvement in God's part for us to be. If you woke up, that's proof that he wants you to be, and that you didn't finish your job. And 
I, I would say the world will be redeemed or fixed, rectified through acts of goodness and kindness. Even if the sword is on your neck, you should never give up hope. So I, I do feel the sword on my neck, but I'm still very hopeful. And I live with more tranquility and serenity than I've ever had in my life, which is very counterintuitive. Because for, for the carnage and the malevolence, evil that I've come into contact with in the last two years, I would not expect that type of inner peace. But what I've realized is that when you're in alignment, you seem to be in alignment to divine will, there's a certain gift of tranquility that's given. And not, it's not easy, by the way. Very hard, but so what? Um, and it's a constant struggle, but all the suffering that I went through, I still wouldn't give it up. By the way, I, I didn't ask for this challenge, but no one asked me. So as I went through it, I am going through it. The serenity is really uh, something I've been seeking my whole life. So I'm very grateful to have it. That is um, dear Dr. Zelenko. And uh, for people not recognizing his name, way back in the spring of 2020, um, he was in New York. And he just was determined to not let his patients die and to find treatments that dealt with the symptoms he was witnessing. And he was, you know, one of the first to, if not the first, to come up with hydroxychloroquine mm -hmm. um, plus zinc and other nutrient uh, protocols and to take care of his patients. And he has been on the the front line of fighting for medical freedom and fighting for patients um, ever since. And um, such a good man, uh, such an inspiration. That video, I've watched it several times now, and it's, it, I always get the chills. Um, and uh, such a good man. And, and speaking of good men, uh, we now have in the studio with us, we have um, Dr. Henry Ely, a.k.a. Dr. H, is with us. Hello, Dr. H. Hello. Thank you so much, <laughs> Bernadette. I, I apologize. I had a little bit of computer problems. I had just finished recording a segment for my radio show this weekend with uh, for Dr. Zelenko as well. Oh. So, I mean, you know, I, I've, I've been telling folks... You know, first of all, I, I, in my beliefs, I don't believe anyone ever dies. I think where we go once we close our eyes for the last time and know he's in a really good place. But I think he's going to be more of a thorn in the bad guy's side than ever before <laughs> right now. So I'm, I'm yeah. really actually eagerly anticipating that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there are a lot of uh, pretty tough um, angels on our side up there. My mama is one of them. Um, Dr. Tony Bark is another. Um, there, there's some some good people on our side. Absolutely. I tell you that. I suppose I should introduce you, um, Dr. H. I, I failed to pull up in front of me here, but I mean, you are my Renaissance doctor. You're a naturopath. You have got, let me read it here. You've got the Energetic Health Institute. You go to energetichealthinstitute.org um, in order to find you. You're doing so many um, amazing things. Um, I do ask you to please watch out for your own health. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. we, uh, 
you know, it was sort of none of us really understood until he toward the end that he had been battling, at least those of us who aren't in his mm-hmm. intimate circle, that he had been battling cancer all this time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not a man to complain <laughs> at all. Uh, but this this journey that, like he said, that we did not ask for, but we gladly enter into, it's mm-hmm. it, um, it can be very exhausting. And mm-hmm. uh, so we do have to pace ourselves and watch out for our health so that we can continue on and, and do our best um, on, on this mission. So we, we want to dedicate this, this show, these, these two hours um, and this first hour with you to hope and healing. Amen. Right? Amen. There's been too much darkness and negativity. We're going to celebrate Dr. Zelenko. We're going to celebrate all the heroes. We're going to celebrate the healing discoveries you and others have made. You know, it was the coolest thing, Dr. H. Mm. Um, Dr. Uh, Paul Merrick was recently in Nashville at this, this Nurse Freedom Network event that I was mm-hmm. at. Mm-hmm. And I just started chatting with him about uh, fasting, intermittent fasting, because I'm really excited about that. I'm sharing the news about that. The more I learn, the more excited I am. It's like it should be part of just everybody's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Forget the food pyramid. You know, we need the we need the FDA to be telling everybody about intermittent fasting. You know? Right. Um, anyway, so I start talking about. He says, "Oh yeah, that's the first step on our protocol." I'm like, that's fantastic. So I hadn't realized. So I went and checked out. They have totally upgraded. Mm-hmm. They even renamed their protocols. It's now I care and I think I recover and uh, fasting is on there. So many amazing things. So w- where would you like to begin in this? You know, well, I, I think big shout out to uh, Dr. Pierre and, and Dr. Paul with the FLCCC. Um, We've been having some conversations the last couple of weeks as well, you know, on some stuff. Um, You know, I I, I did some really cool uh, research with uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits this past Monday on fasting and DNA repair. Um, You know, so we're we're getting into the nitty gritty of it. And we're we're really at the edge of the known universe right now. (laughs) So we can talk about that for sure. Um, but fasting, I just finished a seven day fast last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was awesome. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, yes, let's get everybody into eating less and letting their bodies do what their bodies do best, which is, which is heal, you know, and, and what we're, what we're, we're about to put out a new course, uh, when we come back from break and, uh, in July, we're about to put out a new course at the Energetic Health Institute, the art of fasting. Uh, nice. and, and help people like learn not just the science behind it, but like here's how you do it and how you build up. Because like, you know, I, I wouldn't expect somebody to do a seven day fast, right? But, um, but a three day fast is totally doable, especially with intermittent fasting as your building block. Like the first mm-hmm. entry point, intermittent fasting, beautiful, right? And then you get into three days of, of water fasting, you get into autophagocytosis, which is what happens at the cell level. Your body will start healing itself at the cell level when you're fasting. But what we start learning is that when you get beyond a little bit that third day, Bernadette, what starts happening is now stem cell production increases and stem cells that aren't genetically modified if a person has gotten the shot. And what we start getting really, really exciting on is um, how to get into a process of DNA repair. 
because guess Ooh. when DNA repair is happening? When you are fasting. So we're wow. learning a lot and I can't wait to share it. Oh, that is so exciting. So we're, yeah, we're definitely, the more you get, you, you bring it on the show. Hopefully you're going to have like a, a whole video that we can put mm-hmm. out there and promote and, and, and get people knowing about it. And does it, that include uh, the fasting protocol? Does that include hyperbarics and infrared? Yeah, what, we, what we're doing is learning how to sequence those additional therapies. Like infrared nice. is going to fall into what we consider our second phase, which is detoxification. Hyperbaric is going to fall into our third phase, which we consider uh, regeneration. So ah. we have three phases that we want to encourage people to go through when they're dealing with any kind of disease process, but especially an injury from the gene modification shots. And what we want to, what we want to do is show this walk people through. Cause if you try to do it all at once, it's too much, it's too expensive. It's too much on the body. You have to prepare the body for each sequential stage. So that's what we're doing. We have another class we're about to release Bernadette called uh, the art of cellular healing. And that's yes. where we, we prep the body in the rejuvenation phase to get into the detoxification phase. And the second, we just finished a wonderful detoxification program. We have the American frontline nurses coming on to study with me in August. We're going to certify a whole bunch of nurses to go and start detoxifying people around the country. And then in the last phase, that's where we get into stem cell therapy, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, energy enhancement systems. The, the more the stuff that we've prepared the body for these last kind of stages right now. And if we understand nucleotide excision repair, base excision repair, which are DNA repair mechanisms, uh, then we start understanding how much time it's going to take for people to heal so we can start establishing some expectations and let people <laughs> The road doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily a straight, easy road. We're not putting you on an elevator to heaven. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what we're going to be doing is showing you that it's possible. And if yeah. you have that, what's possible, and you understand what it's going to take in terms of your dedication, and we build support networks for you around it, now it becomes doable. And yeah. if you're really serious about uh, about your health, then there's no greater way to show it, in my opinion, in this day and age than learning how to fast because it's a skill you're going to need for the rest of your life. You know, and it, it, what, one of the things I love now, hyperbaric oxygen is a, is a key component at some stage. It's, it's expensive and not everybody will be able to go that route. Mm -hmm. But what I love about the fasting and the nutrient and the, the lifestyle choice, healing, Mm -hmm. detoxifying the whole thing, it's within the financial grasp of most people. Mm-hmm. You know, right. right? You 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 need proper oversight, right? You you do need to find those people who can help you through it medically to make sure you're doing it safely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it's it's something that we everybody on this planet can do, and that is so very exciting. And um, yeah, so this. Uh, well, Bernadette, what it explained to us is why they're pushing boosters so much. You know, when we started, when we started getting into DNA repair and studying it, you know, and um, for some severe, some of the severely injured that I'm working with, it was like, okay, this, we know the body heals itself, but when we started seeing was that the shots disrupt DNA repair. But what starts happening is when you, as you get far enough away from the shots, the re, the repair starts to re-engage. So nice. that's why they need to boost everybody because you need to constantly 
you know, turn off that cellular, that, that nucleic, that, that, that nucleic acid level repair mechanism that the body has, the body knows what's not supposed to be in your DNA. And it's constantly working to heal that whole thing up. But if you keep re-injuring, then mm -hmm. it makes it a, a, an impossible task. So the best thing that people can do um, who, are, who don't want to be genetically modified is just say no. Just say no. Yeah. You know, and, and it's amazing. Okay. The two things, just say no, which mm -hmm. is very, very simple. And yet one of the hardest things to do for some people, because it sometimes it will mean stepping away from your job, um, mm -hmm. stepping away sometimes with from family and friends who are not aligned with you. But it's very simple. And then, of course, the intermittent fasting. Both of those require something that Americans have mm -hmm. really lacking for the past few generations in that self-discipline. Yeah, 100%. We, we are literally, and I've, I've been teaching this for decades, we're literally eating ourselves to death. Mm -hmm. You know, so what? So what's the solution? If your body is designed to, help, to heal, it's really simple. Stop eating yourself to, to death. What intermittent fasting does, and when it's the, tr the, 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 the most popular way is the 16 hours of continuous, no calories, right? Water only. Mm -hmm. Um, before your next calories. What, what it does is it helps people get that discipline, Bernadette, mm -hmm. because now, like for me, what I do every night, and I've been doing intermittent fasting for about five, six years now, in addition to the other fasting that I do. And what, what, what it does is it helps you kind of go, okay, hey, I stopped eating at eight o'clock tonight, right? Well, now I know I'm not going to eat any calories until at least noon the next day. But what I start feeling for is actually being hungry. Right. See, mm -hmm. We can put ourselves on the clock, but what we want to really tap into is the language of the body. Mm. The language of the body is when you are hungry, your body has entered into autophagocytosis. Even if it's just for brief periods and stuff like that, even if you aren't getting to peak autophagocytosis, no worries. Your body is still helping to heal at a cell level. The hunger is the sign. So the message to everyone is real simple. Hunger is healing. And you owe it to yourself to put yourself into a situation where you are hungry every day, whether that's through exercise, right? That after, because you know, after you get a good workout and you're like, whoa, I can't wait to eat, right? right? That's your body healing. Well, the same thing is true if you're more sedentary or if you just can't move around too much right now, you can still practice the intermittent fasting and start getting comfortable with being hungry. Yeah. And and once you do that, then you can start getting into longer fasting periods because now you're like, okay, it's not so scary. I know what I'm doing and I know what I'm expecting. And every time I'm hungry, wow, my body is getting healthier. That's the mm -hmm. easy, easy education for everybody to understand. Yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, I'm a person that the more I know about why I'm doing something, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. more um, strength I have to continue doing it and the more power mm -hmm. I have. So when I start getting that, the, the hunger pains and I'm, I'm into hour 14, 15, 16, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I just I just imagine you know, my, my cells going around like Pac-Man and gobbling up bad cells and, and new cells generating. And then when I think about that, it just makes me so happy to think that my body yeah. is doing what it needs to do. And I've only been intermittent fasting for probably a couple months now mm -hmm. with some breaks, you know, I, you know, if I go somewhere for a weekend and I'm with friends or something, I don't necessarily, I'll break it a little bit, but 
I really can, I can tell the difference. I can tell right. the difference on in, in several subtle health things that I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just, I'm energized when mm -hmm. I do this. Um, so, but it does take some, I, I, I was raised Catholic, so I did have some experience <laughs> in my childhood yeah. of, of giving things up and, and fasting after a certain age, you know, we were right. all supposed to fast a certain amount. And so, right. Um, but some people have never had that. They've never right. experienced that self-discipline of intentionally going without. And I think, you know, for many reasons, it just the practice of going without helps you be a stronger person. That, mm. that self-discipline, that responsibility for your own care is something we have to take back. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about it like this, too. First of all, big time props for you and exploring something new. Right. I mean, we, we get to a certain age and we stop exploring and then we're, we're really just preparing ourselves for the grave at that point. I, I don't think there's ever an age where we should stop exploring and trying new things. So just from that standpoint is good. We always want to caution people who have like, um, especially Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's probably one of the most common conditions where intermittent fasting may not be effective for them. We've seen patients where it's really good for a couple of weeks and then they start to really plummet, you mm -hmm. know, with Hashis. So um, if you're dealing with an autoimmune hypothyroid condition, you, you may not be able to do intermittent fasting. You talk with your medical practitioner, talk with somebody that knows about fasting right. as well, you know. Uh, but what's been really interesting clinically, Bernadette, is those people do just fine on like three-day fasts. They do absolutely fine, no problems. I've been fasting people for years who mm -hmm. are, are, who are um, Hashimoto's. So they can so still get some stuff done. So the intermittent fasting as a lifestyle is not good for them, but they can have periods of, of right. three day fast. That's interesting. Right. We'll grab those people and say, Hey, if it's a serious situation, one three day period a month, pick three days every month. And there, there's your, your fasting. Because see what you, what you think of when you're talking about autophagocytosis and cellular healing, what you think about is not in terms of, of how many times you do something, you think in terms of hours of autophagocytosis. So for example, when a person practices 16 hours of, auto, of uh, intermittent fasting consecutive, right? You're getting roughly, and it's always a little bit of loose idea, but you're getting roughly about four hours of the entry point of autophagocytosis. So you're getting the beginning stages of it. That's where you get a little hungry. And then maybe the hunger goes away because your body released a little glycogen, you know, and stuff like that. So you're going kind of in and out of it, but you get overall maybe about four hours a day. So over the course of seven days, that's 28 hours of low level, level autophagocytosis. But what you've also done is you've narrowed your eating window. And when you narrow your eating window, you automatically are getting into what we term a calorie responsible lifestyle because you just have less time to eat. So you're yeah. eating now less calories, right? So, so you're now, you're getting into something we know from calorie responsibility that it increases average quality of life and lifespan by about 10 years based upon studies with Reese's monkeys that they've, they've done, right? So you're getting a whole bunch of, of benefits. Well, now if we talk about a three-day fast, right? And a three-day fast would be 72 hours. 
72 hours, you start getting into peak autophagocytosis at about the 54 hour mark. That's where it really hits its peak, right? That's where you get, see, there's three different types of autophagocytosis. There's chaperone mediated, there's micro, and then there's macro. You get all three of those at their peak at about the 54 hour mark of no calories. Okay. Now, at that point in time, now what you're weighing is, okay, somebody with Hashimoto's, maybe they don't get the four hours of, you know, low level autophagocytosis that add up over the course of a week and a month. Mm-hmm. But what they do do is they practice um, three days of fasting once a month. They do get into peak levels with the, uh, with the intermittent fasters don't get into. So they get this additional benefit. And if they go a little bit beyond that and maybe go a fourth day or a fifth day, what they start doing is they start promoting uh, stem cell production in the body, right? So now you're keeping yourself very youthful because you're bringing and you're, you're telling your body, hey, we need new stem cells and your body starts making them. And if you go and as you're doing that, something really phenomenal is happening. DNA repair is taking place, right? What we're trying to figure out, and this is where we're at the edge of the known universe, I haven't seen any studies yet that definitively say, hey, DNA repair happens at this hour mark and this. We have about still seven peer-reviewed papers that we're going through right now and just kind of, um, that's what I get to nerd out on this weekend. I can't wait. (laughs) And, you know, just saying, is there anything, but we are definitely at the edge of the known universe, but the known universe is great because it's telling us that no matter what the disease process is, whether it's injury or chronic disease, that fasting plays an instrumental role in your taking responsibility and taking control of your health back. That's what makes it an integral skill. And what I just put out to a whole bunch of great docs and scientists around the world was, we have confirmation now through the available literature that autophagocytosis fasting is the key therapy among several, but the key therapy for, um, uh, for recovery from these injuries. You have to get into a fasting lifestyle and utilize that because when you do you give your body a chance to do something that we didn't know it would ever need to be, do before, which is to cut out genetic modifications in your own DNA so that your body can put back in the correct nucleotide sequences wow. that make you uniquely who you are. What, what sort of tests are done, you know, in these studies? What, what, what gets looked at under a microscope? Uh, well, what, what, the one study that I'm, I've been paying attention to right now, PCR, Oh, no. Bad things, right? <laughs> but what's so funny about the study is that when you look at it, they actually use the correct cycle threshold. The The average cycle threshold in this study is six, you know? So you're just like, oh, my God. So you guys are actually being able to look at this and get accurate readings and then, you know, develop the nucleotide sequences and go, okay, I get it. So it's like they're not because they're not trying to find something they're just asking a good question like science does and and lets the answer appear right you know so it's it's done really well and and so with the PCR test are you saying that the evidence that this healing is taking place is yeah. in the bodily fluids in the saliva it it's in it's all throughout the body this is okay. what's so cool the this particular study showed that um 
it, it took like stem cells, the T93, uh, the 93 T uh, cell line, which is embryonic kid- kidney cells, which essentially is stem cell, right? It's a one step below a stem cell. They took that and they found that because it's a relatively new cell and because they do replicate faster, that in, in a 96 hour window, roughly 40% of the genome was, was healed, in this process, right? <laughs> and then and then when you compare that though against a neurologic cell, and this is the challenge for people who have neurologic injuries, mm-hmm. ner- nerves don't replicate. And especially the older you are, the slower the regeneration is gonna be for it, right? And the, and the DNA repair. Mm-hmm. They found for those in a four hour period, I think it was 1.4% of the genome was, was healed. So what that starts telling us is it starts giving us, depending upon the cell type that's damaged, what, what kind of modeling, what can we expect in terms, how long is it going to take for the body to really heal this, right? And this is, fortunately, this study, Bernadette and, and Doc, they, it wasn't done in, in fasting state. So fasting just accentuates and makes this process of DNA repair more efficiently uh, perform. But it still happens every day, even when you're eating, because it happens right before DNA synthesis as the cells are getting ready to replicate. So it happens every time because cells want to replicate the healthiest version of themselves, right? That's that's their pre-programming. So autophagocytosis fasting helps us get them there faster, better, and, and cleaner, but it still is happening anyway. So what we've modeled for people with um, neurologic injuries is we're looking at, yeah, you're looking at about 400 days, so over a year right uh, of of healing time but it, what it starts to do for us is give people like hey there's some marks that we're looking for we can get blood work and we can check biomarkers you're going to be feeling better it's not going to be like on the on the 400th day you were healed and it was just yeah. like, <laughs> that's not what it is it's just giving people an idea and, and the basic idea is listen you were lied to okay in the worst possible way so you can't guilt yourself on that and you can't pretend that um, that you did something wrong. You didn't do anything where you thought you were doing the right thing. That's how you expressed your freedom. We support that. But now that you know that you've been lied to, this is what it takes to have a chance of healing. Remember, there's no guarantees, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. this is what it takes. This is what the literature suggests. This is what we're seeing clinically. This is the process. My job as a doctor isn't to heal anyone. I've healed exactly one person in my entire life, me, right? <laughs> That's okay. your job, right? Yeah. My job as a doctor is, like the name suggests, to teach. Dossieri means to teach. And part of that teaching is teaching you the why, like you were talking about, Bernadette, like I, could, I, I am more consistent and I do things when I understand why I'm doing it. And to put your cells in the most ideal environment for that healing to occur, where the environment, the water, like we're, what we're teaching about right now is how people can clean their water, right? We're mostly water. We got to clean up your water. Well, how do we mm-hmm. do that? We first get stop putting in the body what's hurting you so if that's the genetic modification shot you need to stop right you stop it and now your body starts healing uh, um uh, you know intrinsically as a result of that 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 cessation of bad habit 
And then we bring in good habits. So we bring in things that are going to support alkalinity in the water around the cell. Get that, get that cell's pH above 7.5 with bicarbonates and, and with some magnesium chloride and some, uh, and some potassium uh, bicarbonate and sodium bicarbonate. We can do that, right? But then you augment that with green superfoods. You augment that with mm-hmm. nutrients. And you augment that with plant delicious, might I say organic plant-based nutrition and what starts happening when you put that into a um, intermittent fasting lifestyle where you're now condensing that eating window that we have because a lot of people we we especially when we get to be adults i had a rough day and it's midnight and haagen is calling me (laughs) freezer i'm gonna have that haagen thing right that we condense that eating window and now what happens is the environment for the cell optimizes and when that environment optimizes now the cells go great i have all the nutrients i need because guess what dna repair is energy dependent you still have to produce energy. And so we give the cells everything they need to produce energy, and then we get out of the way. And mm-hmm. we let the cells do what they are pre-programmed to do. We have to start looking at our cells as not um, just this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Amorphous kind of thing that is devoid of emotion. And No, your cells are deeply emotional you know, living organisms, right? They're going to feed off of your energy. So if you give them everything that they need and you believe you're going to heal and you put in that work to do the healing, the cells will make that a reality for you. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long it's going to take. I have an idea, but it doesn't matter because you're doing the work and you're going to get the rewards of that work at every stage along the process. Mm -hmm. that's, That's the message to everybody is yes, Your body is designed. God lives in every single cell of your body. And your body is designed to handle even the worst biologic nightmare that has ever been unleashed. That's how dope your body is. (laughs) You You can handle this. That is such good news. I love this. I love, I love our community. I tell Mm you, you know, um, I don't know. I just keep being at a loss for words this afternoon. So I'm just going to let you keep talking. Now, you mentioned Judy Mikovits earlier. So tell right. me more about that. Well, you know, I I, I crack up when I, 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 I really have to pinch myself most of my days. You know, I can call, you know, Pierre up and, and be like, hey, Pierre, I think I have something. You want to jump on a quick call? You know, I get to chat with Paul Merrick. When I mean, you're talking about the most brilliant minds and then you have this whole other, you know, I've been on text threads and threads with Geert Van and Bosch and, you know, and Jay Bhattacharya, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm name dropping right now, but I'm name dropping because I'm a, I'm a nerd and I'm a fan. I'm like, these are the yeah. smartest people in the world. Right. Yeah. And we, and what's so fun is you get to see all these people collaborating out of the goodness of their hearts. Like here, let's share what we know. I was talking with, I, I, oh, Ted Fogarty, the, guy that knows most about hyperbaric oxygen. I know I owe him a phone call. I've been talking with Dr. Yeah. Jack, you know, uh, Judy, I, we were up until three in the morning, like kids in college, you know, going through peer reviewed literature and, and <laughs> joking, texting back and forth. You know, I'm like, I'm, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, you're just in this great, but I, I think the message to people is, is that there are so many people out there like Dr. Zelenko, right? 
who just genuinely care enough to ask questions and find out information. And once they find that information to share it and say, listen, this isn't about me. You know, we are, all of our days are numbered, right? This is about the legacies that we leave and the legacies that we have the ability to leave right now is one of immense healing, one of immense justice, one of immense collaborative work and, and, and forming communities of people who came together because we believed that there was something special that needed to be done and that we had the ability to contribute to that positive outcome. So for me, you know, I'm, I'm in seventh heaven, you know, getting to research all this. I love getting to the edge of the known universe and going, okay, we don't know anymore. You know, there's yeah. no, there's, we are, there's no guide anymore. We are now yeah. going to have to really feel our way through this because if your heart's in the right place, there's your beacon and mm-hmm. there's, it will light the way and show you where you need to go. But that's what I'm seeing by and large is people coming back together and uh, it's really fun to participate in. And I just got to give big shouts out to uh, Pierre, to Paul. Uh, Paul Merrick, FLCCC, uh, to Dr. Gold, Simone, what she's doing, Dr. Carrie Madej, uh, Christina Parks, uh, Ted Fogarty, Dr. Jack. I mean, you can just, you start going down this line of people and you're like, these are people I never dreamed I'd be having conversations with. And now we all hang out and, uh, you know, doing this work. And you know what's cool for everybody listening? They're all good people and they're all hella funny. Right. Everybody (laughs) has a great sense of humor, even, you know, with everything going on. But it's so nice to know that there are people who are putting in this work to solve these problems because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And, you know, the other thing that I see in common with all of these individuals, because you think that, you know, you're amazed. And I mean, you look at your background. Of course, you should be associating these people. But look at me, Bernadette Painter, former grocery checker, mystery author. I mean, what the heck am I doing being friends with all these people? And so I feel very honored to 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 be and, and they're the most magnificent human beings. What you all have in common besides this intelligence is a sense of humility Mm. because you're all explorers. You don't say, you know, the ego is not driving you. Mm -hmm. It's truly uh, a desire for help, for justice, for love to win. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've never met such amazing, kind, caring, loving individuals as the people that have risen up in this movement it has been, you know, truly revolutionary, you know, in the most wonderful way possible. Yeah, it's a peaceful revolution, right? It's mm-hmm. just, it's just a, it is a love revolution. Mm-hmm. I've been telling folks, like, the thing for me that I learned from Dr. Zelenko was how to, how to love unconditionally. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. this is really, you know, teachings of, of Jesus, right? But how? But what he embodied was to say, "Look, I'm going to love unconditionally." But he took it into two realms that I really love. He's a he was a tough love dude, right? Mm-hmm. And it was it was I'm also going to love unapologetically, meaning I love my family so much I don't care if you try to vilify me or cancel me. I'm not going to you're not going to shut me up. Yeah. And what that taught, and I think his real gift to this movement and all of us is to love fearlessly. 
Mm. You know, life is going to be whatever life is going to be. But that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we have to let fear limit us in anything that we do. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I I mean. How amazing is this dude that he is knows he's days away from his last breath and he's still recording videos to leave final messages and coming up with the Zelenko Freedom Foundation and putting people like Kevin Jenkins in, in positions to be like, keep the work moving forward right mm-hmm. i mean how do you, how can you not love this? this is i was just teaching folks i was like you know at one point in time harriet tubman was an outlaw right, right. you know and she's wanted to me one of the greatest american heroes of all time and she was an outlaw right you're an outlaw before you become recognized mm-hmm. as a hero and i think that's the path that dr zelenko and and so many other great freedom fighters are on they're being outlawed first Ultimately, we will recognize them for the heroes that we've always known them to be. Yeah, exactly. I, I was just finding the uh, that Z Freedom Foundation. I wanted people to know. You can go to just zfreedomfoundation.com mm-hmm. and uh, and check it out and see. It's a, it's a, it's a very new foundation, just getting off the ground. And I see a, a photograph there of of Kevin Jenkins. And who's mm-hmm. the? Do you recognize the woman? I'm not recognizing you know, her. I, I I caught her name. Forgive me. I didn't. Um, I, I I don't. I, it was Anne. I for, I haven't met her yet. Okay. You know, I don't think I have a, either. Yeah, there's still a couple of folks I haven't, but here's the thing. Dr. Zelenko trusted her. Right. Yes. So he trusted yeah. her. That's good enough for me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you can go donate to this. Go read about their mission and find out how you can help, that we can all help carry on, um, you know, the good work. Of, mm-hmm. And, you know, he, I believe his mission, what was that? Um, I had his quote. Let me just read that. Oh. Hold on, let me go back to Dr. Zelenko. It was it was about, here we go. He said, um, all of us enjoy a limited amount of time on this planet. I have been blessed by God to extend my life in spite of a terminal cancer diagnosis for years. I know my time is limited, which is why I'm creating the Zelenko Foundation and instructing my company, Z-Labs, to donate 10% of all proceeds to support the critical work of this foundation. And the critical work includes, I thought I had that quote there. Oh, it is to find the next brave generation of medical professionals committed to keeping their patients safe without doing the bidding of big pharma. Wow. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's the truth. truth. And let's not forget that the knives are out trying to discredit the good name of Dr. Zelenko, even in death. They try to do it in life and they're going to continue to do it in death. But the truth will will out. And again, they're they're using words like unfounded therapy, uh, unproven therapy, sketchy therapy, things like that. Uh, You know, once once you have over a million people saved, two million people saved with that protocol. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Guess guess where he did his research pre- uh, preliminarily. I, oh, where? in his in his neighborhood. No, no. Where he did it was he, when he had questions. He went directly to the National Institutes of Health. Oh come on! So if his <laughs> protocol doesn't work, then nothing the NIH is saying works. Works. Yeah. All right. 
that's where he his, that's where he learned about uh, the, from what he was saying that's where he learned about zinc ionophores and the necessity for quercetin and epigallocatechins to get the zinc actually into the yeah. cells i mean he wow. was like I'm, he's like i'm not a nutritionist i don't know anything but he's like so i went to the nih and i started asking questions and doing my research and what did he yeah. come up with brilliance yes yeah, yeah. well the, the thing about our federal agencies, the CDC, FDA, um, NIH, if you dig deeply into the literature, you do find some really good science, oh, yeah. but it's a complete mismatch to their messaging mm -hmm. Absolutely. because their messaging goals are to um, get as many shots in arms as possible. I, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, but if you look at the actual science, which doesn't support it, you know, this mm -hmm. has been going on forever. And those of us in the medical freedom movement prior to COVID, we, we saw this, we knew this. It's been quite a rude awakening for the masses. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, while we're talking about, you know, the, the forces that be that are trying to silence heroes, I want to I want to bring up in this hour and I'm going to talk about it the next hour as well. Um, we've got another organization, um, the American Board of Internal Medicine mm -hmm. is going after, um, and these are just three of them, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Denise Sibley, who's here in Tennessee, and a friend of mine, a, an amazing person, Dr. Peter mm -hmm. Corey. They've been, they have all been sent registered threatening letters saying mm -hmm. that, you know, that they have been um, stating things, putting the public in danger. So, um, we've got a campaign going, asking people to write to the uh, American Board of Internal Medicine. If you go to our mm -hmm. website, you'll see it's the most recent um, post on our homepage. And we give you the address of where you can go, uh, send a letter or you can email. Um, but if you, if you feel mm -hmm. up to it, just print your letter and stick it in an envelope, put a stamp on it and actually send them some snail mail. And um, what... What we're asking is, you know, you don't have to send the ABIM the science. You're not a scientist, you know, right. the average person. Send them your story. Mm -hmm. Tell them how your loved one was killed by remdesivir in the hospital or almost killed. Or mm -hmm. tell them how your grandmother, 85, with COPD was saved by ivermectin. Mm -hmm. Tell them that your real your reality, the reality of, of how people are faring who got the shots versus the people in your life who followed FLCCC and have natural immunity are vastly different from this messaging that they're pushing. That's what they need to hear. Are we going to be able to change the very nature of the American you know, Board of Internal Medicine? I, I don't know. But we hold in our hearts that hope that human beings reside <laughs> in these massive mm -hmm. entities. Um, and, and our voices must be heard. Um, evil must not be allowed to just progress without us uh, addressing it. Right. If they're going to keep doing what they're, gonna, they're doing, they need to do it with a lot of guilt. <laughs> and a lot of people saying, you're irrelevant to us now. Right. You know, if not our enemy, <laughs> so um. that's that's the reality. They they are they have positioned themselves to be our enemy. 
because right. yeah. we are we are seekers of truth and they are seekers of deception and they are per, they are purveyors of deception and lies and yeah. i think Bernadette, that's what you were alluding to it's like look you have the information right there you're just not producing it you know you're mm-hmm. you're rather you're falling back on studies that were funded by by special interest groups in, in the vaccine industry and that were quite frankly when you read the methodology designed to fail you, you know, they know that most people don't read it beyond a headline and that mm-hmm. most people don't know how to even decode some of the headlines that come yeah. out. So it's like by the time we get sink our teeth into it, people actually know science and don't get lost in the words and stuff like that and go and read through stuff. What we start seeing is we're like, this is garbage. This is a mm-hmm. garbage study that you're, garbage. you're touting. Yeah. Why would you promote that? Well, you promote that because your goal is nefarious. And that's where we have to just be resolute, like Dr. Zelenko would be, and say, yeah. no, there's no scenario where I'm not going to speak the truth. I don't, there's no fear that I have in my heart to not yeah. speak the truth. So you yeah. can forget that. we're going to have a conversation. We're going to have a good conversation about the truth. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's easy for people like me who I don't have a job to lose to do it. For individuals <laughs> like Dr. Zelenko, for you, mm-hmm. you know, for even for Dr. X here, you know, anytime mm-hmm. anybody speaks up who has more of a professional career, but isn't it liberating? Doesn't it fill yeah. your heart with with joy and hope? And, you know, I, I sleep pretty good. I hope you do, too. I, I try and I try to think about the positive things as I go to sleep. Um, as opposed to the scary thing. So we got one minute. So uh, what's last word there, um, Dr. H, uh, mm-hmm. tell people where to go to find the information that you think is most important for them to be looking at right now. Well, what I would encourage everyone to do is go to energetichealthinstitute.org we, and join our newsletter. Uh, we, you can get a, a, a chapter out of our book, The Art of Eating Healthy, 16 principles for you to feel very confident that what you're doing with you and your family are contributing to your health and your freedom. So uh, go there and then you're plugged in and then we'll start laying stuff out for you. Bernadette, Dr. X, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you so much. Happy fourth. Have fun with all that great stuff you're diving into. Okay, so you've been listening to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and TV. We're going to take a break and we will be back. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it health care, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. We need a revolution. There's only one solution. Hello and welcome back to an Informed Life Radio and 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager, and my co-host today is Javier Figueroa, otherwise known as Dr. X. So uh, wasn't that interview with Dr. H so inspiring? I just love him. It was him. great. Yeah, just 
he's at the edge of the of edge of discovery of healing oh, yeah. and regeneration and you know it's the silver lining to covid right pushing these great healers explorers scientists doctors to to go in directions um faster i mean they may have eventually got there but um well it just it, i think it just revealed the um the corruption that has been inherent in the system from a, a very long time and that it was a requirement that pushed people to look for alternatives and also mm -hmm. to start developing their own networks because i mean yeah. With the American Board of Internal Medicine showing its true colors now, and other boards showing the true colors, I think doctors are going to start moving towards making their own boards and not relying on these organizations. Yeah, they they all got too big. Big, they became corrupted. Just, same thing that happens with government. It seems like mankind can't can't make big organizations that last long without them needing then to be just disintegrated and let's start fresh. Let's start exactly. fresh. You know? <laughs> it's just the, the nature, I guess, of the beast. Um, and now that, oh, I was going to say, and you know, it, there is several references from many, many religious traditions of every 50 years, start over, start just over, break it all down start over. The Jubilees were one of those, basically you forgive all debts and you start wow. all over again. Wow. Yeah. You know, some, <clears throat> we, we more and more find out, <clears throat> excuse me, that the, <clears throat> the old ways, the ancient ways, the, you know, the things our grandparents knew, we're finding out why those things worked and why they were important, you know? Um, and we're returning to a lot of that, returning to the earth. And it's so important. What I wanted to ask you, though, because, I mean, you've got a you've got a Ph.D. in neurobiology. Right, yeah. <clears throat> and Dr. H was talking about regeneration, uh, getting your own you know, stem cells to grow after a certain uh, length of time of fasting. There was some uncertainty about the brain uh, about. Right. Um, can you talk to that point about what you know about? neurobiology sure. and regeneration sure. so one of the one of the um uh, hallmarks or one of the major uh things that doctors learned prior to about 1990 was that uh you know you were born with a certain number of brain cells and that was it that's all you got and uh, past a certain age you weren't going to regenerate them or grow new ones well that turned out to be true that turned out to be not true, I should say. Yay! <laughs> that you know, we, we actually have uh, neuronal brain, neuronal stem cells that help to uh, repopulate uh, the nervous system. It's at a slow rate, but it happens on a regular basis. And what Dr. Ely was uh, pointing out is that you can increase that rate by doing certain things like uh, regulating your diet, uh, maybe you know, taking certain supplements, using infrared uh, light, using hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So you can actually bias it to produce more stem cells. But the other important factor, or one of the other important factors is that when you start doing the intermittent fasting and the fasting, what that forces the body to do is basically clean up all the garbage that's inside there. And that includes neurons that might not be working as well mm -hmm. as, you, uh, as, as they could be. And that actually stimulates when you start removing or uh, taking away cells that are on the edge of not working and dying, take them out and replace mm -hmm. them with new stem cells. And that's what the body does uh, naturally. And you just buy it, you, you push it towards doing it even better. That it, it's so fantastic. I mean, it, it explains why so many different 
religions have always incorporated fasting into, they might not have known the science behind it, but for mm-hmm. somehow they understood that the process brings this cleansing Absolutely. and healing. Absolutely um, it does. That's that's back from the day when real life observed experience counted for something. Exactly. Instead of the randomized double blind control placebo trial paid for by <laughs> Pfizer or Moderna, when you actually just had observed people and, and who was healthy and who was not, depending on what they were doing, exactly. um, we need to get back to that. We need to get back to um, science that or medicine that incorporates real world observation and experience exactly. and outcomes. Yeah. Oh, no question about it. Yeah. And it's, you know, basically relying on experts to tell you how to live your life yeah. is, a loser, is, a, is a losing game because yeah. they will they will expert you into uh, irrelevance. Yeah, they will. So, um, you know, one of the things I want to kind of get out of the way here that we're going to talk about because it's really annoying. Um, it, it, it is pretty big deal. Let me see if I can find it. Here we go. So. Out in Washington State there, where both of us have escaped, although you're right now there. (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to see if this will switch over. Um, Did this go to, let's see, did it switch? I might have to. It switched, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, Now I want to wait. I'm going to do it one more time. So I want to go to the actual um, directive that Kingsley has decided to issue here. I shouldn't say that. I try to be respectful. You know, I try not to make ad hominem attacks. I try not to make it about the person. I want to stay classy. I want to stay above that. I just want to talk about the fact. It's hard not to at times slip into the personal, but that's, you know, what you do reflects on you. I've always believed, you know, what other people do reflects on them. And and I don't want to be a mean, ugly person. So let's just look at the actions here of what um, the governor has done. So in the face of the fact that Dr. Tony Fauci has had four injections and the EUA drug um, Paxlovid, he's sicker than he's ever been. Yeah. With COVID. And in the face of this, and this is just, you know, that just um, exemplifies what's happening all over the world for people who are going down that rabbit hole of the shots and the boosters and the EUA drugs that were so barely tested and, and did not anyway. So he has now issued this directive saying that COVID vaccination for all state employees um Let me see if I can go ahead and read who it pertains to. So, um, new employees, current exempt employees, classified management service employees. So he's directing permanent COVID-19 vaccination condition of employment for state executive and small cabinet agencies. So, it, I think it's just he's dipping his toe in the water. He's starting with these people. Yep. So new employees, um, all new employees of state agencies must be vaccinated against COVID-19 with the most up-to-date vaccination, including any additional doses or boosters as recommended by the CDC. 
Um, current employees, all current exempt employees must be fully vaccinated. And I, we're trying to figure out that language. And I believe that what he means by current exempt is individuals whose job descriptions or work meant they didn't get caught up in past vaccine mandates. Mm -hmm. I don't think it means people who have on file a religious or medical exemption. I just believe it meant their job didn't used to fall under the purview of of the governor's dictates, but now it does. Um, and then it goes on to list others. It And then it, it gives a, a nod to the um, Americans with Disabilities Act, um, Civil Rights Acts, and that sort of thing. <clears throat> but as we have seen with go back to here, you know, over the past three years, that, that's just all lip service. It you is. Know? And even the fact that it's sincerely held religious beliefs, who who plays judge and jury? It's so illegal for anybody to try to judge your personally held religious beliefs, and yet they're doing so. So, you know, as we talked about in the last hour, now is the time to use one of the most difficult words and easy words in the English language, and that is no. Yeah. So uh, some of the dates on that, um, that um, directive, first of all, a directive, I looked it up, a directive has no force of law. No force of law. It, it, it's not a law. He's directing it. But the way I, I was reading it being described for another situation years ago was that um is this the order does not have with a directive it does not have the force and effect of law however compliance by state agency heads who serve at the pleasure of the governor is normally expected if such an agency head does not comply with the governor's policy enunciated in the order their governor may decide to remove the agency head from office right. so because it's sort of structured like he's the boss and this is the rules of his company um for state employees he can just fire you apparently yeah. <laughs> if you don't do it so people have about a year now i believe it goes into effect in 2023 so people have a year now to find new jobs new, better places of employment. I, I encourage everybody to do so. Um, I would not rely upon trying to get a religious exemption or a medical exemption. I just think that, um, first of all, vote in the upcoming election. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but vote for individuals who stand for medical freedom and who oppose such things as this. Right. Um, but then also begin looking around for someone else who will value your skills and respect your medical freedom. <laughs> and this is also to all, any and all uh, small cabinet and cabinet members that are listening to the show or people that could actually tell these cabinet members to listen to these shows. Each member of that cabinet level uh, leadership position has the right and the duty to tell the governor, no, this is not going to be implemented for a number of reasons that we think will not be effective or in the best interest of the employees or the state agency. And that is their job, their duty, to tell the governor that that is the case. Because yeah. like you said, it is a directive. And if they get fired, fine. I was fired for not following the orders that I thought were not in the best interest for these employees. 
Exactly. That, you know, personal courage, as we talked about in the first hour, is something that Americans have not really been pushed to do, to really, but we are, we are in those grounds. And I always say, Bernadette's got nothing to lose. I don't have a job. I'm all volunteer, everything, but this is what we need. We need people to have the moral courage. Um, Anybody that I have talked to who's done that, who stood their ground, said no, and then either walked away from a job or fired from a job and started life in a new direction. Everybody that I know is feel so good about the decision and they've landed on their feet. You know, sometimes it's taken a little while, but this new beginning and, and going somewhere, it's such a relief to be living your truth and to not be part of the harm, you know? And I have to tell you, uh, as sad as it was leaving Seattle, it is such a relief to be in another state that uh, does value the ability of people to make their own decisions mm-hmm. and, and values uh, liberty and freedom over uh, state-imposed uh, medical decisions. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. even though you and I are both now in states that have much more medical freedom and way better laws that are protective... Yes. Even here, because the the systemic problems th- that are in Washington State, in New York, and and elsewhere, um, that knows no state boundaries. These are the the pharmaceutical industry, the medical industry, all the licensing boards, the oversight agencies. All of that reaches into and and a lot of the university and hospital organizations yes. uh, we've got here in Tennessee. We've got Vanderbilt. <clears throat> <clears throat> they're just as bad, if not worse, than the University of Washington when it comes to, you know, what they'll do. And here recently, there was a little baby that one doctor at Vanderbilt was denying putting on a heart transplant list because they yes. were fully up to date on vaccines, including the COVID shot. And this is a baby that's medically fragile. This is a child that supposedly everyone else gets vaccinated in order to protect because that child's too fragile to be vaccinated. So why were they? Um, I haven't heard the full details, but the baby at this point is now on the heart transplant list. Good. And that doctor should lose his license. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't heard any updates how the baby's doing. I will try to get information for next week to um to speak about that but a lot of people spoke out they wrote they emailed they called they let their voices be heard and and that is so important that we all keep sharing i know it feels at times like you're just spitting in the wind but really our voices are making a difference there's like this slow building rumble i mean you can sort of hear it this rumble of freedom coming as people wake up and stand up together it's so exciting it is yeah. And like you said, there's not yeah. there, it's coming and it's not stopping for anyone. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you, Javier, about um oh, that's not what I meant to share, but let's share this again one more time. Um that I, I picked the wrong oh no, here we go. That's the right one, right? The the end of the COVID nineteen vaccine safety science in America. So have you been following that? Have you been following that the FDA's uh advisory committee just said with a vote of 19 to 2 um, that new shots based on the old variant and and uh, and two of the new variants, which likely won't even be here by the fall, oh, no. could be updated into shots with no clinical trials. 
That that is insane. This this, this is a gene therapy. What are these people yeah. thinking? Yeah. So explain to me as a scientist, you know, because what they're trying to put out there to America is, well, it's it's no different. We already thoroughly tested and, and all they're doing is changing the strain. So tell me why that is a false statement. That <laughs> One. Okay, first and foremost, aside from the fact that what they're using is a gene therapy each and every time, and they don't know what the long-term consequences are of switching the genetic material that they're in inserting in them, even if it's just minor, they don't know the outcomes for that. And again, all genetic therapies have a minimum of 15 years of clinical trials before they will be approved. Mm-hmm. This has been bypassed in the most egregious way possible because they actually said, well, it's a biologic, we're going to call it, call it a vaccine, and it's under EUA. That's yeah. the only reason we have Pfizer, Moderna, and, um, and Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca uh, out and about here in the United States. Yeah. So the, traditionally, what has been done, and again, it's, it's not, you know, with, 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 quote, the flu vaccine, they try and guess what the variant is going to be for next year. Mm-hmm. So they know that there's there's a limited amount of uh, mutations that are going to happen. And they try and guess, well, based on this, we think that these are the top five candidates. And they produce um, proteins, viral particles, uh, en masse that they think will be the most likely. And then they start injecting people in the hopes of but- immunizing them. Right. But here's the thing with those more traditionally made actual vaccines, they take those strains that they believe will be circulating. They kill them. They inactivate them. They inject them in you in a way that alerts your immune system and your immune system sees it and tries to make antibodies against what was injected. Correct. What's different with these mRNA therapies is they inject you with the message to tell your cells how to make the protein, just Mm -hmm. one protein of the virus, or in this case, it's going to be an ancestral protein that no longer is circulating to, right, two that will likely be gone by then. So you're going to be making three types of a a spike protein. Is that, is it the spike protein for each one? It is. For the most part, it's, it's small variations on the spike protein uh, that they think have changed to make it, you know, um, more uh, recognizable by the immune system. The, the, the real question is, how do they know that they're going to get the right one? And again, everything that's been done so far has been done against the original uh, Wuhan strain, Wuhan 1. And, you know, everything that they're doing at the FDAs is they're looking at antibody titers as a proxy. They're not looking at outcomes. No, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. At, least with, at least with the flu vaccine, they had they had the the uh, the wherewithal to actually say, let's take a look at some outcomes. They were still horrible. They yeah. didn't provide much of any protection, but at least they were looking at outcomes. But yeah. they were also using antibody titers, and so that's what they use as a proxy is antibody titers. I guarantee you, you get injected with anything, you're going to produce yeah. antibodies against it. But that doesn't right. mean it's going to protect you from disease. No, exactly, and. Right. And so it's this whole other phenomenon taking place. And to me, in my more layman's understanding of things, if it's my body making these 
several spike proteins now genetically yes. modified and my body reacts to it oh, we lost you javier that's an autoimmune um something went wonky there now you're back there that's an autoimmune reaction to me right. it's like because my body's making it and so i'm having antibodies made to something my body is making that is completely different than being infected where where this outside infection is creating um it ugh. so no, it has a and, you know, all of the, I mean, we've got, you know, myocarditis, all of this, um, antibody dependent enhancement, you know, it's increasing your risk of infection if, if you get so many days out. And the whole thing is just an absolute nightmare. Um, yeah. And there's been there's been data showing that, you know, um, the, the expression of some of these uh, uh, proteins do produce a reduction in your immune system to fight infections. So you actually become less likely to fight off any infection mm -hmm. three weeks after you take the shot. Mm -hmm. Again, we're talking about something that was first sold as it stays in your arm, then it was later discovered that no, they lied because they knew that it migrated away from the injection site and went all over the body. And we only yeah. know that because uh, the, the Siri uh, law group sued the, um, the FDA for, uh, under freedom of information to get that information. It was a Japanese government that requested it from Pfizer, and they had that data. They've yeah. known all along, and everything that's been said has been a lie. So why are we going to believe liars at the FDA and every single member that voted 19, 19 votes for and two against? The, the, those two ought to be congratulated and welcome with open arms. The 19 that are there, yeah. should, should if, they have, if they have a professional license, they need to lose it. Right and... Now. And it's so amazing that Dr. Paul Offit was one of the no's. Um, doctor, you know, he has been a yes. thorn in the medical freedom movement for a long time. There's been some really ugly incidents between him and people on our side. No, I remember. But bless the man lately through COVID, he has been coming forward and speaking some truths where we found some common ground. Good. And, and, you know, we've, you know, different people have reached out and said, thank you and quoted him. And here he's a voice of reason and said, no. And he said, no, I, you know, and good for him standing in what he believes to be his truth. And, you know, that just goes to show that miracles can happen. I want to well, um, go ahead. So, and again, this is pointing out the obvious. I would have expected more people to say no, but it just goes to show how uh, how much they've stacked the deck at yeah. FDA and how, how they've been able to find people that are willing to compromise their, their ethical as well as professional uh, mm -hmm. lives to get this passed. So uh, kudos to Dr. Offit for basically saying this is just a line that I will not cross. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's what we need in this nation. You know, we have been trying to have open dialogue with people that have opposing views to us on the whole subject of vaccination and health. And they've refused to come to the table for these conversations to yep. have them publicly. I, I hope that this is going to begin a whole new era of dialogue. Let's find common ground. If we could sit down and have common ground with Paul Offit, how fabulous would that be? You know? Um, yeah. So I yep. wanted to share with you now um 
on Informed Choice Washington's uh, website, every week or so, we are posting what we're calling ICWA News and Views. And one of our members, Gerald Broad, um, has been writing this for us. So, Gerald, thank you so much. I wanted to point out, um, we're going to start trying to put links in there for the radio show, for things we talk about to help people find it. So this will show up in our news and views here. But he penned this article about this book that um, the Seattle Department of Education and Early Learning Mm -hmm. has published. And it's answers to your family's questions about COVID-19 vaccines for kids. So uh, he went through it and several of us at Informed Choice Washington, and we, we, we looked at the question and answers and then came up with our, an analysis of it. Have, have you seen this yet? I have Javier? not. No, I have okay. not. Okay. So let, let's go through um, a little bit here. So number one was why should kids get the COVID vaccine? And their answer was, Vaccines can help protect you from some illnesses that can make you very sick and can make people around you really sick. We can spread the COVID-19 virus to others, even if it doesn't make us very sick. This is an important time when we all have to do things to make sure not only we are protected, but so are the people that we love, the people we spend time with in school and the folks we know in our neighborhoods. We need the vaccine, not just for ourselves, but for the people around us. When kids get vaccinated, it protects the entire community. When more folks are vaccinated, the virus can't spread as easily. So what do you think, Javier? Do you you agree with that? Well, one, again, it, this is this is emotional manipulation on the level of bringing Elmo uh, oh, on TV yeah. to get a shot. And again, this is something that is basically saying, oh, no, you know what? The adults, they need you to protect them now. Has that ever been ethical for Never. to use children ever. as human shields for ever. adults? At this and- point, I'm going to use something that a, a word that has actually been so overused has lost its meaning. That's a Nazi maneuver, for God's sakes. Yeah. Absolute Nazi maneuver. And, you know, even if it was true, even if these shots actually prevented the spread of disease, it's still unethical. You don't use children as human shields. No. But what makes it even more infuriating is the fact that they admit the shots don't prevent infection, transmission, hospitalization, or death. So what are you doing? Why are you lying to the children? So then the next question, and you'll see our analysis of the answer. We say that it's false and we give you some studies, you know, and it's not just the COVID shot that doesn't prevent infection and transmission. Several of the shots in the pediatric schedule don't. They're for limited personal protection only. And they too come with risks that you need to do your medical due diligence before deciding to get. So then they ask, is the kids vaccine the same as the vaccine for grownups? And their answer is that the COVID shot is the same kind of vaccine, the same medicine is in it to protect you. But the doctors and scientists who made it made it especially for kids. So what do you think about that answer? Again, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no cussing. <laughs> I am. I, uh, this is beyond this is beyond appalling that mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a public agency in Seattle has a temerity to actually say such uh, blatant lies. I know. 
Exactly. And so we have, you know, it's partly false because it's sort of, it's a similar vaccine, but it's different. And first of all, there are new formulations out there for kids and adults with a new buffer that the FDA said, ah, we don't, we think it's fine. So they didn't make them test it. No, it's never been in any of the clinical trials, this new formulation. And then (sighs) Pfizer actually has three formulations. You go to their website and there's the purple cap, the gray cap, and the orange cap, and they're all slightly different formulations. Um, this just blows me away. Yeah. And, Any and, other drug would have been forced to go through clinical trials. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and there's no, and it's not medicine. Medicine is something you give to help treat you for symptoms that you're sick mm-hmm. with in the, you know, the traditional understanding of the term medicine. So saying that it's a medicine um, is completely bogus. Um can I get COVID from the vaccine? And their answer is a lot of people have heard this and the answer is absolutely not. You will not get the coronavirus infection from the vaccine. Well, our answer is that's completely misleading. Exactly. Because nobody on that is criticizing these shots has ever said that the shots give you COVID. They say they make it, make you susceptible to COVID, but not that it gives you COVID. So it's so disingenuous to even say that to the children um, and then there's a whole lot more that we go through. Then question number four is, I heard kids don't get very sick from COVID-19. Do I still need to get the vaccine? Um, and then they try to say that more kids now are getting sick than ever before. <laughs> so let's let's put a little fear in the kids. Um, but the risk of serious outcomes from infection in the pediatric population remains statistically zero. Um and vaccination doesn't help you stay healthy. You know, we've got more um, all sorts of uh, citations there. Yep. Here's here's one that really kills you. Yeah. Will it hurt to get the shot? It's a poke. It's definitely a bit of an ouch, but that goes away pretty quickly. You've had vaccines before, right? You know how they feel. Nobody looks forward to them. But once you get through it, it's not as bad as you thought it would be before you got the shot. I mean, that's their answer. Excuse me? Is- Excuse me. And again, they're, they're not even looking. The CDC, they queried the CDC and they asked them, are you looking at the VAERS data and presenting it to the FDA? And they flat out said, no, we're not looking at the VAERS data and we are not presenting it to the FDA. Se- estimates are 750,000 Americans now have died directly or indirectly from these shots. Yeah. Three million are now permanently disabled and around 30 million are right now trying to just recover from whatever uh, damage these shots have done to them mm-hmm. so again will this will <laughs> the, the fact that they want to give this to children with a zero statistical chance of dying Mm-hmm. And with rather than making sure they've got vitamin D, C, zinc, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, you know, there's a certain oh. age cutoff for those products. But, you know, even the littles can have the ivermectin. I think it's just in pregnancy that you you want to do so under you supervision, um, yeah. you know, close supervision of a doctor because they just haven't really done the studies. And, you know, unlike the CDC, who's happy to recommend shots in the ab- off label in the absence of adequate studies our side of things they they uh, you know they say caution is yes. warranted here but yeah um th- th- still having the pretense 
that we have no ability to fight this off. And then they get to the question, what if I already got COVID-19? Should I still get the vaccine? And they said lots of scientists have been working on this question for a long time. And the answer is yes, you still need the vaccine. No. Every doctor says that. Every Um, doctor that's been trained prior to 1990, and I think that's the key right there, knows that natural immunity is far superior than any vaccine-induced immunity. Right. And and even in Washington State, I've, I've got a link to this video from the Washington State Department of Health Vaccine Advisory Committee in December of 2020, when the shots were first out, one of the advisory members said, you know, gosh, I've been getting a lot of phone calls of people who said they already had COVID. And when they got the shot, they were having some really serious, like grade three adverse reactions. So I called the CDC to say, hey, you guys tracking the adverse reactions of people who already have COVID? And they said, no, we're not tracking that. And he was surprised, but they're still giving it, right? And we know that it puts you at higher risk for adverse reactions. And then we've got studies coming out now that say that it undermines if you already had COVID and you develop this broad, durable um, immunity, uh, it might not be a perfect match as things evolve, but it still is protective, um, you know, and, 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 going to serve you far better moving forward. All the studies show that. Yeah. Um, but if you get the shot after having COVID, it skews your immune system just toward that spike protein antibody reaction, and it begins to undermine mm-hmm. your natural immunity. Exactly. Oh, exactly. it's so infuriating. No, yeah. this is, I still can't believe, um, I mean, Twitter and Facebook should actually uh, kick these guys off for spreading misinformation. Yeah, absolute misinformation. And here's another one. What if my birthday's coming up and I turn 12 after my first dose, but before my second dose, you know, what do you do? And their answer is, unlike a lot of other medications, vaccine dosages are based on age and not size or weight. If you turn 12 before you're between your first and second dose of the vaccine, your second dose should be the vaccine for adolescents and adults. Why are they going after children? Why are they going after, why are they marketing to children? Why are they marketing to children and not the parents? Oh, 70% of parents are not willing to give the shot to their children. Exactly. So they're, they're trying to manipulate. No, exactly. And the thing is, is that, you know, it's there, there really is no good science or dating supporting a a completely age only based dosage, as if you, you turned an age and suddenly your immune system and everything about you makes your body ready for one dose no. and not another. That's not absolutely another. absurd. Now, when it, and, and we're into a whole new, we're into mRNA shots as opposed to traditional vaccines. And the problem with a lot of the traditional vaccines is the adjuvant. These adjuvant doses for an eight pound baby is so exceedingly toxic compared to like a 300 pound man, you know, and you know, they're, they're not giving different doses of certain things. They're just, it's just not, it's convenience-based because if you're going to have a rollout of a program to the masses, you have to keep it simple. You can't individualize it, even though all of medicine is moving toward individualized um, approaches and individualized medicine, but you can't do mass vaccination campaigns on an individualized basis. That would be too tedious. So you have to just allow for what collateral damage. It's 
it's quite insane. So yeah, the whole thing is absurd. It's false. It's misleading. Mm -hmm. It's marketing to children. Um, You know, I don't know what else to say. It's horrific and needs to stop. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Mind mind if I share something? No, you go ahead. What are you bringing with uh, to us today? Oh, let's see here. Share this, and I'm going to go over to this. All right. Oh, yay. <laughs> so we've got the specials. Oh, Oops. what happened? It just <laughs> kind of went a million ways. There the we Solari go. Report, free in Tennessee, kicking tyranny to the curb. <laughs> so um, like I mentioned in the first hour, that's my senator nicely. Um Dear man, had him over for barbecue on my birthday on Monday night and went to the Hawkins County Commissioner's meeting with him. He is, uh, yeah, the Tennessee Food Freedom Act. These are some of the bills he sponsored, the bill legalizing over-the-counter sales of ivermectin. Um, He's done some great work, and he's he's had a lot of bills that haven't passed yet, but um, he's very hopeful that everything that the federal government has done and the pharmaceutical industry has done and all these entities have backfired terribly yes. on them and wonderfully for us. And, mm-hmm. but we have got to keep the momentum going. Our, our numbers are growing daily. They still yes. exponentially continue to grow. The more they, the more people they harm, the more overreach they have the more people wake up. And um, so thank you for finding that. I listened to it a little bit. It was so fun to hear him. He did, he did thank, he said that Ivermectin bill. Thanks. He said, I had some volunteers. I had, I had Dr. Nicely and Bernadette. He didn't say my last name. So he's. And again, uh, that's the power of the individuals working together. Yeah. That's government at its best. You've got, citizens who our government works for. They are public servants. And in a state like Tennessee, and I hope like Idaho, and eventually I hope in Washington state, because there's some good people there, they just need to gain numbers so they they can get some things passed. But you go to them with your concerns. You bring them science and evidence, and you bring your experts. And they listen. And they say, okay, I will represent you. You know, and and they do it. This is how representative government is supposed to happen. This is our how our great republic is structured. So it is pretty exciting um, to see it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And what's most frustrating is uh, unlike your uh, your uh, uh, experience in in Tennessee, where you you had legislatures that were listening to you and taking Mm -hmm. the time to consider everything you said. My legislators in my district, not naming names, yeah. not saying anything, but my two, my two uh, representatives and my one senator never returned. They returned one email, never returned a call. I sent them multiple times. I told them my yeah. background. I said, these are my concerns. They basically said, just take the shot, wear the mask, blah, 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 blah. Even yeah. after I said, look, there's all these, this evidence. Right. We need to have a conversation. And then I asked them. Have you done a risk-benefit analysis of shutting down the economy of this state? What's going to happen? Crickets. 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 Well, 
you know, um, through a series of public records requests that we have done over the past couple of years through all this, we found information where before they did the lockdowns and all this, where they were they were asking different entities, um, government entities, what will happen if we do this? What could be the outcome? And they saw there would be job loss, um, people losing their homes, there would be depression, there would be all of these issues that we saw. And their solutions were ridiculous, like set up a hotline for people who are depressed. It was absurd. They decided to go for it anyway, knowing the harm. And now they've never acknowledged the harm that that they have done. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so what we need to get back to in this country is dialogue. Like we were talking about, could we get Paul off it to the table? Can we find common ground and branch out from there? We need a system of checks and balances in public health and in medicine to really be able to have the dialogue and look at both sides. And that's simply not happening. I wanted to share with you um, and viewers here at Javier, this uh, Web page at healthyimmunitynow.org. Ah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of jumping topics back to the ivermectin. Um, but if you go to healthyimmunitynow.org, click on the ivermectin tab, it explains a little bit about the new law in Tennessee that allows for over the counter sales of ivermectin from a pharmacist um, after a consultation with the pharmacist. Right. But what I want to explain is it doesn't mean that every pharmacy is doing this. It's it simply set up a legal protocol that they could enter into these agreements with doctors to to have this set up if they wanted. So right. not all pharmacists have done it, but more and more are coming on board. And we've got on this website, there's our dear Dr. Sibley, love her. So I'm going to share again the campaign to go support Dr. Sibley here in a minute. Um, but there is a list of pharmacies right now that you could go to in Tennessee and get ivermectin over the counter. So there you go. And I want to tell now, I'm not sure about any of these others yet. I need probably take some time to make a phone call. But I just spoke this morning to the medicine counter pharmacy in Chattanooga. Ah. And they have a link to an online order form. And I called them to say, do you do out of state sales? And they said, yes. So that means, so give it a try. If you're out of state, if you're not in Tennessee, you know, go to this website, healthimmunitynow.org, click on the ivermectin tab, and then there you will find the link. And if you want to buy some ivermectin, give it a try and see what it, it asks you per the law, certain questions about your health and, and things to make sure that you qualify to purchase it. You just can't have any contraindications and see if you can make a purchase. So as far as I know, that's the first one that has got back to me that says that they are doing out-of-state sales. So they must be set up in a way because all um, other Tennessee laws and laws about selling prescription drugs pertain. Mm -hmm. So they must be set up in a way that they're able to do this. So I wanted to make sure people um, that people knew about that. So. And let's for, let's not forget if anyone says uh, if they say uh, have you had ivermectin oh you mean the horse dewormer yeah. medicine <laughs> say well hold on wait a minute do you call penicillin horse antibacterial medicine yeah <laughs> exactly yeah yeah it, 
Yeah. And, you know, the misinformation is so out there. It, it's just crazy. In fact, do I have pulled up here? I'll try to find it in a bit. I don't have it on this computer right now. Um, I want to I want to show some really bad information out of the Washington State Department of Health. But before we do, I'm going to give one more shout out to our action campaign. Please go to informchoicewall.org and you will see a post called Stand with a Doctor Standing Up for You. And you're going to find information about how to write a simple but powerful letter yes. to the American Board of Internal Medicine, to Dr. Richard J. Barron, who's the president and CEO, um, because the... Um, the ABIM is investigating Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Peter McCullough, and Dr. Denise Sibley and others. Um, these are the three that I know. Um, and uh, yeah, um, there are surely many, many more. And these are the individuals standing up speaking truth. And and these this entity, the ABIM, needs to hear from you. They need to hear, you don't need to, you can send them science if you want, if you got it and you know it and you're comfortable sending it, but mainly tell them your stories. Tell them yep. how the NIH incentivized hospital protocols harmed your loved one. Tell them how ivermectin and the FLCCC protocols saved your loved one. Let exactly. them know that they are now irrelevant in your life as far as where to get information about yep health because they are they're following the money they're not following um they're not following the science and they're not following what people are seeing is their reality and your our reality is that our friends are you know who get the shots are doing bad that people are friends and family we're seeing people die from the shots we're seeing people hospitalized and being put on remdesivir in the vents and not doing well not recovering and we're seeing people with natural immunity have much milder cases they do their early treatment protocols and they're coming through just fine even if they have multiple comorbidities so um yeah so help be that voice please stand up for those heroes who risk their their lives, their licenses, their careers, their reputations for us. It's the least we can do is to take a little time to draft a letter and send it off. Um, and send it off. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, he's not saying one minute. Is he? Are we doing? Oh, oh no. Gee. We're, we're at five. We're at, we're at five fifty right now. Oh, okay. Sorry. Four fifty. Yeah. It's seven fifty. <laughs> no, we've got like six, seven minutes. So. Yeah, um, we're, we're we're doing fine. Yeah. Uh, and again, yes. I, I've I've had COVID twice, and what one thing that's infuriating is that because of the vaccinations, it has forced the mutation of this virus into overdrive. Mm -hmm. I got yeah. COVID twice in under six months, and again, yeah. the first time was bad. The second yeah. time was almost like like a, a mild cold. Yeah, and again, if people think that vaccination is is helping their community think again you're just making it more infectious and you're making it just spread even faster exactly you have to stop taking those boosters but you know they're lying and saying that it's the non-vaccinated who are making it evolve more quickly and that how? is so not true how that's the one thing even get van der bosch uh 
basically said, no, that's 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 the opposite. You're putting it. You're putting all the science on its head. We know this for a fact. Mm-hmm. That's why you never vaccinated an epidemic, ever. Right. And as a, a you know somebody in your um, there we go. I'm trying to pull up here on my computer. I don't have it on this computer. I got it on this computer. I wanted to read to you um, a post that was on the Washington State Department of Health. Ooh, okay. Oh, where is it now? They've been doing a lot of posting lately. Um, Oh, where did it go? Let's see. Anyway, I'm just going to tell you what I remember. If you go look at their webpage, I encourage everybody to go and and do and, and comment. They said that the shots have been approved for six-month-old to five-year-olds after rigorous clinical trials. It's such a broad-faced lie. You, if, you know, I watched the two days of the FDA vaccine and related biological committee meetings and the ACIP meetings. No data, no data, no data, no data. Right? Exactly. Um, exactly. The the trials were very small, and then at six weeks they crossed over. The Just like the group got the shots. So six weeks. That's that. There's going to be no long term safety. And then there's that um, woman. Is she out of England? Um, the doctor and the one heart group yes. who analyzed group. these measly studies that did take place, and they were appalling. In fact, the children who were triple jabbed got COVID twice. Exactly. Exactly. And then they had to manipulate the figures at the end to show that it was effective. And most people, do, this is this is the other part that, that has never talked about. 3,000 of the 4,000 children dropped out before they finished the study. That's yeah. over That's over 75%. And when you have dropout rates yeah. that high, well, that tells you something's wrong. I think, though, so, when she was on the high wire, she corrected herself a bit. Okay. She said the, the term dropout wasn't quite accurate. She said what happened was that 3,000 of the 4,000 didn't go on to get the third shot. So it was sort of a dropout, but, you know, but she said technically can't say that. So only a very limited number of children actually got the three shots because they said the two shots did nothing. No efficacy at all. You had to get the third. So they can't say they had a trial of 4,000 children. It was no. only you know, down to a thousand, then it was down to the 400. Exactly. Um, and the only hospitalized child was triple vaccinated and ended up with seizures. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And th- thank God that that was the only child. Well, but that we end, know of until, we you know, know we of. get a FOIA for their clinical trial. And here's the thing, Maddie DeGray. Yeah. Maddie DeGray. Mm-hmm. And when I, when you n- mention that name, people have a blank look on their face because right. again, all these yeah. drug companies do not want that to right. get out. 12-year-old who's in a wheelchair fed through a tube who was in their clinical trial who does not show up in their adverse reaction reports except for like some sort of um, digestive issue or something. Yeah. 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 There's that, there's exactly. a reason. So, but hey, we got a minute. Let's let's um or two minutes. This is we're going to leave people with hope. Okay, this is the 4th of July weekend. I want people to celebrate the fact that we are in the land of the free because because of the brave. 
And I want you to go out there, hug your loved ones, barbecue, commune with people and inspire yourself to if you're if you're not quite as brave as you would like to be. Remember the babies. Remember the kids. The seven months old can't talk and say, my heart hurts. You have to speak for the babies. We all have to stand up and share information. And the more times you do it, the easier it gets. Right. So we have got to become more of us brave, visibly brave, love and grace in our hearts. Right. Yep. Not in a way, just put the truth out there and be open to forgive and move forward. Um, we live in a great country, Javier. Yeah, we do. And, and it's still a great country. We, we've sort of been captured. We're in this really weird global war. Um, but put your ear to the ground, right? The rumbling is happening. The freedom, the peaceful medical freedom march is coming. It is. It's growing by the masses. Um, so, all righty. I'm so glad to have you back. Thank you. Safe journey Thank home you. back to Idaho. Uh, everybody, you. you've been listening to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. Have a wonderful 4th of July freedom celebration. Y'all come back next week and we'll keep it going. Take care. <laughs> Bye, Bernadette. Publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than the Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people by the people who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it health care, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy, but we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com.